For mm-hmm. some filmmaking is strictly business, is about the numbers, the figures. But we're thankful for the ones staying true to the course consistently, churning out real stories that document our presence and history. Old Nollywood cannot be completely taken away. Yeah, yeah, they want to get to, in, to the international stage. And a lot of filmmakers are succeeding in that already. Mm-hmm. They are not cowering down because of sentiments, because we don't want to lose our history. And I think it's okay to grow without being afraid mm-hmm. to tell stories how you want them. So I think it's the quality we should be more concerned about. Because I know some big film and established filmmakers that still tell our stories that cover our, our home front, our culture. Yes. choose to tell the stories, telling stories that span across our history. And they still make it to the global stage. Hey, welcome back to your favorite podcast of all time. My name is Akina Ishabani, and I'm your host doing the absolute most on yet another epic episode where I get to speak to yet another talented, gifted, a really multifaceted African who is doing the most in their respective field. Today, I speak to a Nigerian indigen. Uh, you know, you guys know this is one of my favorite countries in the world after my home country. And I'm absolutely looking forward to this because she's one who's enterprising in the sense that she's not just an actress, but she is a script writer, a filmmaker, so an all-round creative who is also a poet, which I particularly hold very close to my heart because I'm a poet as well. So I feel like there's so much that we'll be able to just expand on, explore and speak about, which is really going to be impactful and enlightening to each and every single person that listens today. She is also an Ebony Life Academy alumni. So we're looking at someone that is not just gifted and talented, but also trained in the respective field. And it's going to be quite interesting to really unpack the impact of actually getting training in a field which is so vast, which is growing at such an immense speed. I mean, really just look at the different aspects of that. So without further ado, I introduce to you the lovely Chinonye Chidolue. How are oh, you? Oh, got, got the pronunciation right. <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you, Sakina. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's a huge pleasure. Thank you so much. Happy to share with you. Thank you. So we're just going to kick it off in, in my favorite way. And that's basically taking us through a timeline, telling us about your journey journey and where your acting and filmmaking basically began how did you start and why did you decide to embark on this particular creative journey first off i started acting officially in 2015 mm-hmm. after i graduated from the university and i knew this was what i wanted to do so whilst in uni i was already going for auditions you know i would leave school to go back to lagos for auditions and finally clicked and I got into this particular production. And it's yes. so funny with how I got into the production because I actually just accompanied my sister's friend for the audition. Mm-hmm. You know, I had no business to do with that audition. And ironically, my sister's friend was so nervous. You know, there are many reasons why some filmmakers would need an actor on a, on a project. So yes. I don't think was, the producer cared much about talent or anything or if she knew how to act because she had never acted before. Mm-hmm. I think they just wanted the, the look the face, the body, you know, I think mm-hmm. it perfectly portrayed a particular character. But the irony is that she was very nervous, you know, so we just went to give her some moral boost. And when we got there, we realized that 
it was actually an open audition. They actually thought we came for the audition. So okay. we're like, okay, why not? We might as well just go in for it. And that was how I found myself auditioning. You know, and it was so funny. They, they made me play a particular character. And I was supposed to have been confirmed positive for HIV. And yes. it was meant to be a free There was no scripts. There was nothing. And I started crying, you know, along the lines of, you know, what I was trying to express. And then they started tearing up. And then they said, stop. And then they started apologizing to me. Something in the line of, they didn't know it was personal to me. I said, no, it's not personal. <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah. like, you asked me to do stuff. They're like, no, okay, this is it. So that's how I got casted. It felt so surreal because I think there are ways God says to us, you know, this is where you should be. Yes. You know, so in my head, I just knew I was drawn to this thing, but I had not actively started doing anything about it, you know. Mm-hmm. but then that was just the confirmation it was the only validation I needed and even though the production never came out I mean we never even got to the end of it it got on serious halfway but, yes. but then started off my own journey so I continued from there that's just the foundation of the journey and I've not turned back since then thankfully yes you know and the rest is history now so yeah <laughs> you know there's been many things along the way but that's like the most pivotal moment of my foundation in my acting career was started it for me and indeed you have gone on to play some really important roles one that i have seen and have very much noted because the theme that was <laughs> which one did you see unfortunately you haven't watched the film but okay. i saw the trailer to withered okay. and that, yeah. i must say i was particularly triggered because i really really get so upset um, uh, when confronted with issues of rape, especially you rape, know, yeah. oh my god! It's, and yeah. and in this particular story, like the character was not just being raped by someone; they were being raped by a family member and none uh, other than uh, their actual father. Yo, how did you feel when you were actually portraying that role? When I got the script, I almost turned it down actually because I thought it was gonna mess me up because I already have I already have some sensitivity about I won't say men generally, but yes. it's just sad. I mean, our generation, um, most men need to do better. I would just leave it at that. Absolutely. Really. Being raised by a single mom and all of that stuff. So every cause that has to do with women, protecting the right of women. Yes. You know, it's very personal to me. So when I got the scripts, I had to ask the director severally why he wanted me to play the character. Mm-hmm. You know, we had done a job together before. So I would just naturally think, okay, he loved the synergy in our last production. Yes. And he says, no, he goes beyond that. He knows that no other person will play better. As a matter of fact, because he wrote the story. So he said he literally wrote, imagine me as the character while writing the story. Wow. And I prayed on it. And I just went for it. I was cold the first day. I know this actor fantastic actor Femi Branch. Yes, yes. I was waiting to see him the first day on set and imagine it. I was waiting to see him then unmask the Femi Branch actor that I know mm-hmm. and imagine a father that I would hate. I don't know how to explain it because acting is spiritual. Yeah. And it becomes intensified when you're a spiritual person. And I think he noticed it and he will call me for a walk and a talk We'll talk about the story. We'll just we'll have a drink together. I think he did notice that my emotion was a bit unsettled. Yes. He tried to bring me back to balance, really. Because sometimes you have to tap into the subconscious to know what is lying in there so it doesn't mess up your reality. Yes. 
And I think after the first day, I was good. And then I got called again, the first display of the act when he had to climb on me. Mm-hmm. And I imagined, you know, many women going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And when I cried, I actually cried for real. When I cried, you know, I begged him to, please don't, you know, I, I was crying for real. Like, mm-hmm. I kept asking myself, is this what people really go through? Yes. Mm-hmm. In the real world, I will kill my father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? mm. Like, nobody hold me, you know. It was interesting. It was just good to be in the shoes of that kind of character, you know. So when somebody that has gone through such is telling you their story, you already connect even before the person starts. You yes. Know? You don't mm. want to imagine so many things. You just want to quickly drop your shoulder down for them and say, mm. you know what? It's not like I've been there, but in some way, I get you. Mm-hmm. I feel when you say you were in that moment and you were just asking yourself, like, is this really what many women go through? Because unfortunately, that's why I f- I'm so sensitive to issues like that. Because mm-hmm. I honestly imagine that's why I'm like, whenever I watch, you know, films, comedies, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be with my family, I'm just always like, if I get triggered here, just understand that it's not really about whoever who's acting, you know, it's not about Mr. Fermi Branch, you know, portraying mm-hmm. this character, whatever. My problem is there are people like this in the real world. That's my yeah. issue. And that's what yeah. is constantly highlighted to me mm-hmm. whenever I watch these things, because there's someone just like the girl that you portrayed and Mm -hmm. Yes, she found her voice in that story. But the sad Mm -hmm. truth or the sad reality is that so many others go Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. and just like their spirits just basically die. You know, some Mm -hmm. physically die because they they don't escape from those stories. They never find their voice. And so, I mean, even though it's painful to portray and it is a sacrifice within yourself as the actress, as the director, as the scriptwriter, you know, Mm -hmm. the entire concept team. But it's Mm -hmm. so much more necessary because at least you have that privilege of portraying this but somebody doesn't have the privilege of stepping out of that reality because that is their reality so i really do commend you for that thank you it's bravery to really accept to act some characters and Mm. i just keep praying on it because you want to be limitless acting is freedom right yes Um, you don't want to out of fear turn down a bunch of roles you know Mm -hmm. because of fear you want to be able to help the voiceless tell their story and tell it in a way that you really do understand the story and that's all i pray for you know it's just the courage just Mm. the courage somebody must do the dirty job exactly there's no other way to put it yeah i guess that's what we're called for (laughs) indeed but again yeah where god where god places you he definitely does provide so more strength to your elbows thank you how do you manage to to separate chinonye from the character that you're playing chinonye from boma which is another character that you played <laughs> i said you do your from another, <laughs> i i really would you know when i asked you when i asked you which one have you played i mm-hmm. thought you were gonna say you know because that's why everyone goes crazy love the cool netflix i'm like okay then <laughs> you see so i i did i did how do you separate yourself because yes it is tapping into the spiritual and sometimes i sometimes i ask myself like if i was to be an actress like would i be able to separate myself because even when i write poetry i feel a little bit too much and i lose myself in that emotion how do you then manage because this is a this is a day job and for you to not be like strained and drained by you know constantly switching in and out of characters or even forgetting your own character within you know a script how, how do you make that balance just like every other 
career or profession, acting takes practice. So for every time you get to play a role, you have to prepare. And yes. it's the preparation that helps you a lot to be able to separate yourself. If you don't do your homework, uh, everyone will clearly still see the you in the character. Every character has its own world. Every character has its story, its backing story, its nuances, its feelings. Mm-hmm. So all you're doing is breathing life into it. It's like when we're giving birth to, our parents don't live our lives for us. They don't yes. breathe life into us and we do our growing up ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? So so that's kind of like how you breathe life into your own character. And because you have done your homework, it's easy to detach. Because, I mean, even if you're portraying a character that is exactly like you, there still has to be that difference. Yes. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just really have to be into it. I don't know how to explain it because it's more practical than theoretical. Yeah. But, but understanding what the character is about, understanding what the character is feeling for every scene, the separation just comes naturally. And and then there are also methods and techniques. Of course, we don't want to go there. That's a different conversation entirely mm-hmm. that actors can employ. And that helps the switch. It yeah. just helps you to become that character and just leave yourself behind and god too the help of god really because if you're not careful your real self will jump in every step of the way as you can <laughs> at some point it's gonna be like you know what am i doing mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i remember there was there was this character i was playing i can't even remember the movie it was you know and normally when i'm very amused i my laughing has no home trailing sorry <laughs> <laughs> So I just laughed for my journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and the director looked at me and said, that's not you. And I'm like, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I said my real self was actually laughing at this character because it was so embarrassing. Like what the character was supposed to be doing in that moment. Yeah. Know? And even if I was supposed to be laughing, I was myself Laugh- laughing at the character. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> wow. Oh man, so practice Because and this question you asked also reminds me of our final project in uh, Ebony Life. I don't know if it's so much about separating oneself from the character, but sometimes at the same time you still need a little bit of yourself. I forgot mm-hmm. to add because I mean, if you take out all of yourself entirely, there's no way the character can stand on its own, True. right? So you will still need to, you know, drive the character with a bit of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to play this character in my final project at Elka. And my husband had just been crashed by a car, a moving car. And I was very emotional. And in that moment, I remembered a very hot situation. Like it just jumped in from nowhere. Oh, and even yeah. if it helped me anyway, it helped me just get extra emotional. But in that moment, I was, and I didn't cry. You know, some things happen to you and you just freeze up. It gets True. frozen in your conscious and it just came in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I need these tears right now. So <laughs> welcome, welcome home. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was just crying. I'm like, why did you do this to me? <laughs> like, I was asking the person in my head, like, why? Mm. We're going good, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was literally crying, you know? But then I also remembered why why the character should be crying. So it's like two people in one person crying mm-hmm. for different things. I'm like, let's just cry together. I, I swear, <laughs> I cry, mm-hmm. cry that I never cried. Let's cry, you know. So yeah. What has been the the most challenging role you'd have? Well, you've had to play 
thus far? Uh, obviously, Boma in Crazy Lovely Cool. It went viral. Yeah. But I want to do it again. I played that character in 2017. And what I know now, the film school training, everything. Yes. I'm like, fam, I should have played this in 2021 or 2022. Mm-hmm. Well, it was good experience. It was the first kind in my entire acting career. But it opened doors for me. It gave me visibility. It put me on the spots. You know, I'll always uh, be grateful to the director for taking a chance at me because for the first time I played that type of lead. It was a very powerful lead character. You know, Mm -hmm. I was surrounded by... They were all A-list actors, you know, on the projects. And it was big. Yes. I think we did two or three months on set. I've never done anything like that. It was stressful. It was challenging. I had to be a tomboy. The entire story of me losing my brother. Me losing my brother was, I I would say, it was the container of the entire story. Everything about the story surrounded that's one you know i think i was the catalyst of the entire story mm-hmm. you know it was surreal i don't know how to express it but every day i kept i kept asking myself am i really doing this mm-hmm. i don't know how much i pray for a time like this but then it came and and i'm grateful i'm grateful it's it really made all the difference i think everything changed everything about my acting career changed so i can't even regret it. i can't complain you know everywhere is like I you know Boomer from Crazy Lovely Cool and all that? <laughs> you know, so, but it was, it was good. It was the most challenging, but I'm glad I did. I'm ready now for even bigger roles. God's timing is the best really. Yeah, so you, you just have to cross that bridge once. Mm-hmm. You never have to cross, you know, so you aim higher. So I'm glad I did it at the time I did it, you know, even though I still want to do it again, you know, with everything I do now. No, that's wonderful. What, what is the message in particular that you consciously want to propagate through your, your storytelling craft? So not only through your acting, but through the scripts that you write and the films that you aim to make. So I think I am very passionate, at not just one thing. There are many things I'm very passionate about, right? But in everything, I stand for kindness. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that people understand that we can actually be good humans, you know, with a little bit of compassion. We can all get by somehow. I just really stand for kindness, being a good person. You know, we can really be good humans. There's so much going on in the world. You can't even run out of stories to tell. But at True. the same time, you can't, you can't save the world, really. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing I, I hear all the time from a very close mentor. At the end of the day, you have to pick your battles mm-hmm. for I think in everything, it's just about being a good person. It's, uh, it's tough out there for everybody. If I could tell everyone's stories are real. But in general, I think the main thing for me is to just teach people to practice kindness and generally being a good person, looking out for each other and being a voice for the voiceless. Yes. It's really very, very important to me. Mm-hmm. very that one i don't even joke with because you know life is like a race right so imagine running a race for sure a lot of people will be left by if we, if we had to look out for only ourselves right yes and who are these ones that will be left by they are the less privileged the disabled the voiceless the mm-hmm. ones that don't even know what the heck is going on around us you know? true you have to look back sometimes and remember them and do something for them. If you're not doing something directly, by way of saying, take this and help yourself. By telling their stories, you're converting a lot of people, you're spreading out their awareness. Mm-hmm. You do this, you're cushioning the effect of hard life, you know, among people. True. You're making life easier and better for people. So 
I love that. I really do. I really do. Because I, I always remind myself that, inspired by the words of Prophet T.B. Joshua, that it's not about how happy you are, but how happy others can be because of you. And what that just sparked in me was that we should basically live our lives in such a way that makes other people's lives easier to live. It just drives me, just like you said, being a voice for the voiceless, because that was the major motivation of, of this podcast, of Sakina Speaks. It's because I really felt like the majority was not being accounted for and the opinions were not being heard or they were not they just didn't matter and it's sad because we are the people that you know these laws and these policies like the decisions of these politicians and 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 the state affect the most and so i just felt like we have a lot of platforms but we need yet another one because we're still not being heard so yeah i'm not looking back no please don't i'd always wanted to start something like this i thought podcast but i never had the time i mm-hmm. thought vlogging never had the time i mean i will come to it but uh it's one step at a time really, true because you want to start this thing and then you get one gig and then you could take like two three weeks on a project and mm-hmm. then one month has gone by you know and if there's anything for me i appreciate before i start anything is consistent yeah until i'm sure i'm going to be consistent with something i better not start you know mm-hmm. so please if you can't just don't stop i like what you're doing and i'm sure the majority of people be inspired by it as well thank you so very much i really do appreciate that in in line with you know what you just said now which is that it's very, very important to really represent the mm-hmm. stories of, you know, the less privileged, the the differently able, the marginalized groups within our society. A couple of Nigerians, right, on social media have sort of expressed a uh, great discontentment, mm-hmm. you know, with the direction that they believe that Nollywood is basically mm-hmm. taking. With, with some industry grades, even highlighting the fact that they feel like the craft has deviated from its primary focus. You know, people don't focus on the process or, you know, the substance and the essence of having these homegrown films and stories mm-hmm. that represent, you know, the greater majority, that represent the real realities of people. Mm-hmm. What is your take on that do you think in that there's an issue because you know what i also realized was i was like i love these narratives of you know high life and life on the island banana Mm. island vgc Mm. all of that i enjoy those for me it Mm. sort of gives a a liberation or gives me an opportunity Mm. to sort of live through these people through these narratives through these stories you know a sort of life that i would probably not really Mm. live but to many people it is also offensive because it's like we are portraying to a great extent some narratives which are not very realistic to the ordinary African, actually. So what is your take? You know, between all of these stories with those beautiful, beautiful shots of Todd Milan Bridge, let me just say it like that, versus, you know, the true reality of like what is going on in Makoko and Korodu and things like that. What, what is your take on that? <laughs> I know we've had these conversations, I mean, within the industry space over and over again. There's always been this conversation of old Nollywood and new Nollywood. Yes, so. Anybody involved in Nollywood, once you say old Nollywood, Nollywood, they know what the argument is about, right? Mm -hmm. And I understand the sentiment, but I think it's actually what growth does. Yeah. It sets the process. But sadly, we also have to admit that not everyone, and I mean independent filmmakers, are going in that same direction. Mm -hmm. Some filmmaking is strictly business. It's about the numbers, the figures. But we're thankful for the ones staying true to the course consistently, churning out real stories that document our presence and history. Old Nollywood cannot be completely taken away. Yeah, yeah. They want to get to 
to the international stage. And a lot of filmmakers are succeeding in that already. Mm-hmm. They are not cowering down because of sentiments, because we don't want to lose our history. And I think it's okay to grow without being afraid mm-hmm. to tell stories how you want them. So I think it's the quality we should be more concerned about. Because I know some big film and established filmmakers that still tell our stories that cover our, our home front, our culture. Our yes. cultures to tell the stories, telling stories that span across our history. History. And they still make it to the global stage. October 1. October yeah, 1. You know, funny things. That's what I was thinking was of right now. It was brilliantly done. By Kunle Afolayo, yeah? Kunle Afolayo. It was good. So when this argument comes up, I think we should focus on the quality because there are really some filmmakers that are really guilty about, (laughs) I'm sorry, they already understand that on our local cable, any content will be accepted, right? Yes. Movies and just go to bed. Not all families have the time or the luxury for cinema or Netflix, you know, so Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I see my mom watching and that's why African Magic, they have channels for or uh, epic, right? So mm-hmm. there's a load of contents that don't make sense anymore. If you get what I mean. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what she's watching, right? <laughs> like she, she prefers her. Ah, there's different, everything comes back to audience appeal. If there's going to be audience for rubbish, then they will have it. If there's going to be audience for quality stuff. You know, the market has become large enough. Nollywood yes. has become competitive. And some filmmakers understand that, see, they don't care what the quality of the story is. They just want to put together their figures, put together their ROIs, put it back into a movie, double up the income and all that stuff you know and it goes on and on and on just create content just keep going like that like that but i would rather be deliberate in the kind of stories i want to tell Mm -hmm. so if sometimes i want to tell stories that shows the glam and the luxury it's fine that's still art if sometimes i want to uh, tell stories that cover our history our core roots then i must do it like the ones that the same efforts i will put in those glam and luxury ones i have Mm -hmm. to put in the same because our cultural roots is not rubbish, right? We Indeed, have a story yes. to tell. And if mm-hmm. we tell it well, it will still appeal to the global stage. Ex- it will absolutely. Still- comes back to how it's done you know because some filmmakers just feel because it's our home based movie let's just do anything so we see many of that this day so mm-hmm. yeah quantity over quality but me as an audience i will go for quality true so if the luxury films are the only quality ones available i'll just watch it and I'll watch some other historic stuff from another country I I hear you. I definitely agree. Looking at this very same industry, right? Many may say it looks quite saturated. And Mm -hmm. it's not just for the Nollywood industry, but at least now we have, you know, the privilege of getting that sort of perspective from someone who is within Mm -hmm. that space, both behind the scenes and in front of the camera. So like I said, this can be true for any film industry in the world. You know, there are a lot of actresses, there are a lot of people who are talented, there are a lot of people who have the training, have the skills and the ability, you know, to execute these films. Do you think it's saturated and do you think there's competition? I don't know any film industry more competitive than Nollywood though. I don't know what the Hollywood competition is like, but um, Mm -hmm. Nollywood a village in a village in a village in a village. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Anyone, can, anyone can wake up one morning and become anything in Nollywood, really. It's such a busy market, mm-hmm. you know? 
So you just got to be strategic. You know, if you feel you can do it, you don't just jump right into it. Mm-hmm. Because many people are just jumping right into it. Otherwise, you get lost in the crowd. So yes. you, your product becomes one-off. So, yes. Um, the competition is there. I mean, even with acting, everybody wants to act. The interesting thing is there are different reasons why everybody, anybody wants to act. And you can't judge anybody's reason. Some mm-hmm. people, I'll try to tell you, they just want to be famous really because acting is the closest thing to put you on tv in front of everybody because then they have relevance and that relevance and value equals income right yes people see that they can use your fame to promote whatever it is that's a big deal so Mm -hmm. all you've got to do is to just show up and like just using your fame to make money just show up and you have money in your account and who doesn't want that kind of life Mm -hmm. really or i mean eventually it shows people know the ones that actually have it but the irony is even the ones that don't have it eventually they have the potential they could have the potential to become even more famous than the ones that have it yes and they crowd the front line so there are a lot of talented nollywood actors and actresses that a lot of people don't know about that's why i say be strategic because there are many ways there are many things you want to do for yourself as an actor in nollywood to be able to stand out you may not be the most famous but then you will stand out in your own right and light do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean yes I'll just leave it as be strategic. The competition is a lot. Anybody can be anything. Today, somebody is your co-actor. Tomorrow, they are doing the biggest blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. And you're looking like, huh? how? There's <laughs> yeah. no limit. Mm. And it's beautiful. I love the freedom. I hate limitations for one. That's why I didn't even wait to feature in as many films before I did my first film. I, I produced my first film in 2016. It was a short film. Chris, yes. Uh, with their crazy lovely cool <laughs> children on the streets i'm sure you're not surprised by the title i'm not, you know, I, I'm not. I was itching to finally put my passion for orphans less privileged children the voiceless into motion picture mm-hmm. the budget wasn't flamboyant but i had really passionate people work with me on the project it's on youtube by the way and we made it happen it went in for some festivals mm-hmm. even though i couldn't be there it was such an honor for the first time you know i did my second film last year that will be sleep away yes a story on, on sleep paralysis you know that one has been airing on our home tv channels and iroko it's on iroko app wow and, and yeah and it goes on you know so for now i've i've only produced two of my own movies and there's more to come indeed that's the freedom i'm talking about really but i love when people do things right don't just do it because everyone is doing it if you mean to do it then do it right it's not about perfection Mm -hmm. it's about just connecting quality people will feel it exactly do things just cause people will feel it if you transfer your passion into it and you're strategic about it and you go about it the right way it will also show i wish everyone the best that thing they can make it in nollywood nollywood mm-hmm. is not um it's not owned by anybody it's not owned by any one person it's, it's a place for dreamers artisans visionaries you know mediocre favor so amen Amen. (laughs) that's definitely something that i appreciate and i have noted that freedom it just gives everybody an opportunity it may not always be an equal opportunity but there's that room you know for you to come in there and to do anything and everything that you possibly Mm -hmm. imagined and and make that a Mm -hmm. reality and that's that's something that i really love and i really wish that 
more African countries would would emulate, you know, particularly South Africa and the DRC. You know, there's, I mean, we have those similar issues of, yeah, you see a lot of the same faces. And number one, my argument for that is that, yeah, look, that's the thing. you see a lot of the same faces, you know, recurring and everything. But most of the time, I actually agree that, okay, this person can actually really act, you know. So we must give credit mm-hmm. where credit is due as well. And it's just, you know, human nature that you're going to gravitate mm-hmm. for, you know, the most shiny thing for, you know, for, for argument's mm-hmm. sake, you know, something that has been tried and tested. Obviously, mm-hmm. the problem with that is that it leaves really talented, unknown people with less opportunity, mm-hmm. less chances to shine mm-hmm. and to become as, as known. So I totally hear that. But yeah, you know, mm-hmm. making films like you are making and and just giving people more opportunities i mean just discovering you and i'm really grateful to god for instagram Mm -hmm. for social media for for this type of benefits just discovering you on social media and Mm -hmm. just seeing all the different actors and actresses that are actively participating in the nollywood industry which i've probably never seen i feel like i've seen you in in more than one film Mm -hmm. like when i actually saw your page i was like oh snap like she looks so familiar but (laughs) so it's like and I was like, flip, she can really act, you know? Of course, the names that we'll always see is like Sharon Oja and like Nancy mm-hmm. Simon, you know, like the, 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 oh, the legends. You. I saw you do your homework. <laughs> it excites me. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you're Nigerian at some point. You know, I'm, I'm not. But our, this, our is home just, guys, like. <laughs> this is just, this is how much I really love Nigeria. I really do. Like, mm-hmm. I speak pidgin if, there was a plane that was going relocating people today ah i would have been about one because like oh, i just i love the, the the culture i love the your way of life you know it's mm-hmm. just it's so homely it's so welcoming it's so warm like mm-hmm. it's truly african like in the face of total despair people dying mm-hmm. lagos traffic but you guys just mm-hmm. always find a reason to smile and to mm-hmm. make other people smile, you know, and, and not That's to true. dwell on the evil or whatever the case may be. I mean, the way the Nollywood industry is progressing at record speeds mm-hmm. is fascinating because, yes, you say, OK, the government is horrible. Right. But and I'm, I'm quoting, I'm not saying this in my own, but you always find a way to create opportunities for yourself, not to rely on yeah the government to say, mm-hmm. but they're not doing this. Mm-hmm. Okay, let everybody just sit and loaf. Let mm-hmm. everybody just sit and cry about their situation and do mm-hmm. nothing about it. No, you hustle, you mm-hmm. leave the country, mm-hmm. you know, you make things happen. And that's something that I, I just admire completely. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm always just... I wish, I wish yeah. every Nigerian would, would hear this. I'm feeling encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this episode, this episode must, must definitely go far and wide. It must go viral because, mm-hmm. yeah, we all need to hear it because, like, really, that's why I love watching your films. I basically, like, everyone who knows me, like, really well just knows. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's Nigerian films. It's French TV mm-hmm. here and there. And then, mm-hmm. of course, South African content because that's, that's where I live and that's kind of the what's in my direct environment but like 80 percent of the mm-hmm. content i consume mm-hmm. when it comes to films and stuff is nigerian mm-hmm. i believe it is indeed compatible with stuff that you can get on Nolly in hollywood rather it's just that you mm-hmm. know equipment and uh, mm-hmm. skills and training there's certain things that of course we we have been set back mm-hmm. in knowingly or unknowingly mm-hmm. but like it doesn't even look like a catch-up it looks more like a takeover so yeah mm-hmm. i'm really watching the space to see all the more amazing things that you guys are doing bless you dear it's so exciting to hear all of this you know i feel like listening to all of this on behalf of every nigerian <laughs> 
you know, and one thing I know for sure is in the diaspora, we have a massive audience, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of African countries love watching Nollywood movies. Yes. And one thing I am encouraged by every day, I'm like, okay, um, I'm glad I started this journey in Nollywood. You know, I don't know where the rest of the journey will take me. Mm-hmm. Hollywood I don't know but I would always be thankful I started here because it's interesting you know doing this in Nigeria with Nigerians is the one thing I can't take away Mm -hmm. I love Nigeria I wish (laughs) I wish Nigeria didn't have to go through some things Mm -hmm. in the hands of uh, bad governance and all that stuff but like you say, we, we always still try to find how to make things work yes. for ourselves. It's just beautiful. And um, I like South Africa too. Mm-hmm. Right? I, you say you're from South Africa, right? So I'm Congolese, but I was born and raised in South Africa. I don't know much about Congo, but I know quite some about South Africa. Mm-hmm. I haven't been there, but I have some friends there. Um, it is a, it's a gorgeous uh, country. It's so beautiful. I like the orderliness you know mm-hmm. um, i just don't like when the whole xenophobia thing starts because xenophobia is is really silly to me i don't think africans should be fighting each other really i think exactly fighting those against us so mm-hmm. I, I would never understand xenophobia because why exactly when we are we are one people yeah one. Now, as we are coming to the end, you know, it's always the, the bittersweet end. I want to get just a little bit more of, of a glimpse into, you know, the training that you received. So you attended Ebony Life Creative Academy and mm-hmm. you get a lot of actors and actresses who don't actually get any training so in your perspective mm-hmm. because you have found that mm-hmm. i am actually gifted at this but i also have that training like wh- why did mm-hmm. you find it important to go to the academy and to learn from you know people that that have experience yeah. and that can impart things in you and is there sort of a difference in the industry between actors and actresses that you act alongside which you can see mm-hmm. you know between the ones that have gotten experience i mean that have gotten training and the ones who mm-hmm. haven't Oh, yeah, there's always a clear difference. You can almost tell, Mm -hmm. you know, in my own case, it was imperative because I had no training whatsoever. Yes. I didn't study theater in school. I studied law. I had two degrees from uni and they were both in law. One diploma in law and a Mm -hmm. degree in law. It's not like I didn't have interest or passion for acting at the time, but it wasn't full force. I wasn't sure what the direction was at the time. I thought maybe it was just an interest. Yes. You know, I, I'll just say I was still in the closet, you know. <laughs> so I, I would love mimicking actors, pranking people, and they will always fall for it. You know, no one ever, ever not fell for, for my pranks. Yeah. Really. And it was so believable. And those were the signs. But all of that wasn't enough. You know, when I'm on set with veterans, I'm always thankful for the privilege to act alongside industry veterans. Yes. It's like I want to rob them of, there's just something, there's this fineness. It's like I just want to steal some of it from them. Damn it, you are good. (laughs) You understand, like, they are effortless. It's, you know, screen is different from theater, but even the way they act on screen is almost like theater. Mm Mm-hmm. There's something poetic about their acting, you know. Femi Branch, for one. You know, I can't overemphasize it, really. Mm-hmm. 
It's like Femi was even, you know, once in a while giving me some training on withered sets. Mm-hmm. Just some of the conversations we would have in between. He's like, uh, what idea do you have for this thing? Okay, that's fantastic. Like, can you just play the character already? Just do it. <laughs> I love what I see, you know. Yeah, so some people get to the top without my case. Like I said, I had no film school experience whatsoever. So it was important to tidy up my skill, Mm -hmm. cover up for the knowledge I... Because film school would teach you what learning on the job won't teach you. There are some hacks, methods. And yes, you could do self-training. You could learn. But it's beautiful to go to film school and actually get drilled. Because it's one thing learning by yourself to access you. And another thing is you unlearn a lot of things in the line of our acting, especially if you had no professional experience prior. Yeah. So you... It could just be a thing of you read your scripts, learn the lines, read the character, however you know best how to be, go on sets and action, and that's it, right? Yeah. So the lines are not even what's important. You should know the lines. That's your personal cup of tea. Mm-hmm. It's just becoming the soul of that character. So there are ways, there are methods, really, you know, and I'm just grateful for film school. As a matter of fact, we're even continuing. Film school is continuous. Yes. If you can, you understand. You don't have to be a one-year master class once in a while. It could be like sitting with your colleagues, you know, undergoing some personal practical trainings and mm-hmm. assessing yourself, how good you are. So I enjoyed the experience. I learned so much. Man, I threw a lot of things to the garbage. Mm. I just threw a lot of things. I'm like, what have I been doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like it answered a lot of questions and now I'm even more excited to just do more stuff put all of all I've learned just bang it out now I feel more ready yes I came out of film school much more confident and that's another thing you become more confident feel like yeah you're ready to become superman right now Mm -hmm. take over the world (laughs) it's important especially if if you did not study that as a degree or whatever yeah and I'm glad I took the chance and I went for it yeah that's wonderful I just like to say again a very big thank you for mm-hmm. coming onto the show because this has been such a great learning experience I'm not an actress you know myself but being a creative who who really is passionate about African narratives and and people that are rewriting African narratives to tell the true African story it really is something that's close to my heart and it really is a story mm-hmm. that I believe that so many people should be listening to right now you know in the world mm-hmm. Uh, especially as we are looking to cement our identities, find our identities, you know, beyond that which was enforced upon us and that which was imposed on us as Africans. So in closing, do you believe that hard work and talent is enough to be successful yeah. in your industry? Um, definitely not. There's for sure other factors. There's strategy, there's planning, mm-hmm. there is network expansion, there's giving humble service, road grace pace, please as well. Your audience will love you so much. Like you can't do no wrong in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Some actors have that grace, but not all actors do. It's not that they're not good, right? So yeah. you wonder. The others are good too. They have the talent. So it's not really about talents. It's everything. It's really just everything i think as with every other thing in life we pray to be total you want to be yes. like a well-rounded kid because if you want to talk about talent other people have talent you want to talk about skill hard work and all that stuff a lot of people are working hard. everybody's working hard mm-hmm. 
that's why I take I take God very seriously. Listen to the voice of the spirits, putting in so much in the angle of talent and hard work, right? Mm-hmm. But then you may still not be getting the result that you want. Some people don't have to work that hard, but then they're so visible. Everybody loves them. They and every day you wonder what am I not doing right? Mm-hmm. I tell people whatever it is you believe in, when the chips are down, right? When you put aside your hard work and talents, there's got to be something that before you close your eyes to sleep at night, you you're talking to that thing, mm-hmm. you know, and saying to that thing, I've done my best for the day. Now what's what's next? You mm-hmm. know, and that's the major hack for me. I think God gives me all the hacks, you know. God just says, go this way, go that way, go this way, go that. I didn't plan from the start of this year to enroll at Ebony Life, right? I didn't mm-hmm. plan for it, but then something just connected with my spirit, right? And I stumbled upon it, you know, on on the on their page and and I ignored it at first. And just like that, something just said, go back to it and apply. I applied the first time I didn't get and I applied the second time I got in. Then I came out with an award and I'm like growing my talents and hard work that, I mean, because in your spirits, if you build that connection. So it's much more than hard work and talent. Yes. It's a lot of things, but most importantly, you have to just be spiritual in some way. Whatever it is you believe in, take it along with you. Yeah. Absolutely. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of this really enriching episode with a rising star. In fact, she's already shining. It's just a matter of time before she truly blow, as they say in Nigeria. I'm super, super excited for your journey and to be able to witness... more of the greatness you know that is coming your way and that you're about to really represent and embody (laughs) so with that said thank you to each and every single person that listens to this podcast thank you so much it's a pleasure it's my absolute pleasure thank you guys for listening (laughs) i love to do this again thank you i I definitely will hit you up again in the near future Mm -hmm. Alrighty, once again, thank you to each and every single person that listens to this podcast and continues the conversation on social media in the various circles and spaces of influence. I really do appreciate you and I really do hope that these episodes are being impactful and just like I always say, very, very enriching to you as we try to enlighten African minds, especially young African minds, as we are the future of this continent and not only the continent, but the world. So keep the conversation going, you know, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a family member and let us make Sakina Speaks a household name, not only in South Africa and the DRC, in Nigeria and in the world at large. So take care. Once again, stay safe. Continue to listen to these episodes. Put them into practice. I know there's at least one thing you're going to learn that you're going to love and going to run with for the rest of your life. So stay blessed. Sakina has spoken. Mm-hmm.